Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Warning, the Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations, my creative brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Not Real Art Podcast, where we celebrate creative culture and the artists who make it. I'm your host, Sourdough, coming to you from Crew West Studio in Los Angeles. Man, do we have a cool program for you all today. I have no doubt you will learn, grow, and be inspired by today's show. Before we get into our main event, I want to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to like this episode and subscribe. Your likes and follows help ensure you won't miss any of our new shows, and it makes the algorithm gods happy, which helps us. So thanks for that. Also, be sure to visit our website, notrealart.com. Sign up for our newsletter to keep your finger on the pulse of everything we're doing here at Not Real Art for artists and art lovers. A lot of great stuff there. On the website, you'll you'll get uh, free educational videos. You can sign up for our artist grant for the chance to receive $2,000. You can buy affordable, original, contemporary art through our partnership with Sugar Press. And you can become a supporter through Patreon if you want. So be sure to check out our website today for all the good, healthy stuff we got for you. Now, like I was saying, you're going to love today's episode. But first, I want to shout out to my good friend Aaron Yoshi for holding it down in March during International Women's Month here at the Not Real Art Podcast. She did an incredible job celebrating the power of women. I asked her to do a takeover of the show and interview some of her favorite uh, women in the arts And she did an incredible job talking to these amazing women. And I'll tell you what, if you didn't hear those interviews, you got to go back and listen to Aaron Yoshi's episodes for the month of March. Uh, She took over. She she raised the bar. She just did a fantastic job. And I'm so grateful for her love and energy that she put into this. She definitely raised the bar and did a phenomenal job here. And uh, I hope she comes back. I want, want her to do more. But Aaron, you rock. Thank you so much for killing it in March, celebrating the power of women. Okay, here's what I got for you today. Dolby, Dolby Laboratories. Some of you remember the old button on the cassette deck for the noise reduction. You'd hit that button and your music sounded better, all because of Dolby. Well, Dolby, of course, has grown up and they are a powerhouse organization now in entertainment in terms of making our entertainment experiences richer and better and more enjoyable, more memorable using technology to improve not just music, but movies and gaming. 
And I hear that uh, they're now in the podcasting space. So it's pretty incredible what Dolby is doing, specifically around their Atmos technology. And so today I have uh, Ellis Reed on the show to talk about Atmos, to talk about all the cool stuff Dolby is doing. And without further ado, let's get into it and hear from the one and only Ellis Reed. Ellis Reed, welcome to the Not Real Art Podcast. Hey, Scott. How, th- thanks very much, man. It's, it's uh, great to be here with you. Man, I'm, I'm so grateful that you came through. I mean, you're a busy man. You've been at Dolby Labs now for how many years? Nine years. Nine years. It's been, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been pretty cool, especially now, right, where there's so much going on right now that, and, and even in, in the pandemic, it's, it's only gotten faster, right? So, I mean, particularly as people are home, right, they're spending more time with, you know, entertainment, right? They want better quality entertainment. So, and then, so things are really just picking up. I mean, at the beginning, creatives were having a little bit of trouble. I mean, because right, everybody was shut. You couldn't go into a studio. A lot of that had slowed down, but people are starting to get work out, you know, remote workflows, figuring out how to get their houses set up, right? I mean, we've both, right? We both are sitting here, you know, we're getting our mics, we're getting our different cameras, we're getting it all together so we can actually do this type of thing. And it's made it a great time, super, super time to be at Dolby. So I've been really happy. Well, and, and I tell you what, I mean, Dolby is one of those like, like brands, at least for me, right? I mean, you know, it just always spoke to innovation. It spoke to, a, you know, a better entertainment experience. I mean, I think, you know, maybe we all just remember, you know, the roots of it all, which is like, oh, noise cancellation? Noise cancellation? Oh yeah! Right. Boom! Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's, that's oh. super exciting. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> it was great in the time, but you sit back and you think about it, and, and quite frankly, right, we've done studies, and almost everybody knows the name, right? They hear Dolby and they go, "Oh yeah, I know, I've heard of them." Then they're like, "Okay, well, what do we do?" And unaided, the what we do doesn't really flow off. They're like, oh, "Maybe do you do speakers?" I think it's something with speakers. I remember that, and I'm like, "No, we don't do speakers. Actually, we have small." speaker division. But, you know, what we do is we make entertainment look and sound better. And actually, when I say the look part, it usually blows a lot of people away. They're like, but I thought Dolby was pure sound and it hasn't been. So that's what's been exciting. Right. So uh, Dolby Vision is our imaging technology. And, you know, I'll tell you a story. It's really funny. Having been an engineer, right, since coming out of MIT, we won't say how long ago, long time ago, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You and, were a born uh, genius, right? You graduated yeah. MIT at 12, didn't you? At 12? Yeah, right? exactly. It was 12. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. It had nothing to do with where, where I am now, but mom never knew what I was doing. And finally, I'm, you know, I'm home this last time and I'm like, you know, I was going to get her, um, you know, you need a new TV. She's got a new place. And so I'm going to get you a new TV. And she said, no. I'm like, don't trust me. It really looks going to look better. And she's going, don't buy me the TV. She's 84, right? I'm like, don't buy the TV. I don't need it. So I said, forget it, mom. I work for Dolby. I'm going to go buy you a TV. Show up, put the TV in, sit it down. And then she looks at it and she goes, oh, that really does look a lot better. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do for a living, right? You oh, know, that MIT education did pay off. I have a much better it TV. It paid now. off. <laughs> I got a much better TV. So yeah. So that's finally she's figured out after, you know, how many decades that has been what, what I do. So uh and it does, and, and things do look better in, in high dynamic range. Uh, in fact, I, you know, if you don't have, I'm going I'm to come to your place. If uh, um, that was my next, that was my point. next thing. I was like, you know what, uh, Alice, uh, I needed. Uh, it turns out I need a new TV too, man. You know, yeah, we're going to come. We're well, what, come get what you can set you do? up in your house, man? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, 
Talk about that a little bit, though, in terms of, you know, the, the what Dolby does in terms of the visual, because, I mean, we'll get to the audio, but like you just sort of said it, you like people automatically sort of think about Dolby vis-a-vis audio. But like, what are some of the amazing tech that helps the visual? So Dolby's been doing stuff in imaging for a while, but you know what, what, what's been um, Dolby Vision. So our scientists were sitting back trying to think, you know, how do you take the screen and the picture and what's the next thing you can do? And everybody was focusing on going to 4K, right? So more resolution, a lot more pixels. It's a finer picture, but nobody was really touching the fact that the screens are so much brighter and there's so much more contrast in the broadcast world. Uh, and even in you know the motion picture, but particularly the broadcast world, they set the levels on the TVs based on TVs, old tube TVs, right? And no one's bought a tube TV in a decade, right? So all of the new TVs, the LCDs, the LEDs, particularly, you know, have this capability of going really bright and actually, you know, really dark. So you can get this contrast, but all of the movies are being squashed down, right? All the creators are squashing things down so that it would fit into this you know, narrow space. And so now what we're saying is, well, let's find a way to bring that out. And our scientists sat down and, and came up with a way of getting, you know, getting the creatives to create it in a way that takes full advantage of, of, of those, what TVs can do today. So in terms of being very bright and very dark at the same time. So if you've ever seen a scene that's like a bright sun and all the darks are like, they're kind of, they're not dark. You know, that's because it's washed out because you only have so much dynamic range to work on. So this way, now you can do this and, you know, the creatives and, and actually, frankly, it looks almost 3D because it's more like what your eyes see. You can see the brights, you can see the darks at the same time. And, you know, we did some studies up front, you know, to figure out what the human eye can, can cover. So the unit of brightness is a nit. Right. So, you know, mm, mm, yeah. Nits. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I don't, yeah. Nits. Nits. Right. Yeah. I heard all so about candelas those. <laughs> per meter. Right. Yeah. I've got a lot of, yeah. Nits, you know, candelas per meter square, but nits. Right. And so 10,000 nits is about as bright as the eye can, can see. But, you know, if you enter like a movie theater, that'll go down to like 0.01 nit. Right. So you've got all of this dynamic range and, and the movie cameras, so they capture it. It just wasn't being transmitted. And it wasn't in, in the post part was it was being lost. So Dolby Vision allows the post-production to maintain that, right? Keep that in creative intent, pass it all the way through. And then as TVs get better, the TVs just actually take advantage of it. So, and it just, it just really does, right? You see it side by side and you're like, oh, that TV is so much brighter. There's so much more color and it, it just looks more lifelike. So Dolby was, you know, really one of the, yeah. So, so, but yes, so we are going to talk about getting out to your place and getting you a new TV set up and it, and it's going to have to have Dolby Vision in it. Okay. Because, you know, because, I, but I'm still not hearing the words that I was hoping to hear the words employee discount, but you know, we will, we'll talk oh, about that later. Oh, maybe that's, right, yeah, maybe, well, no, maybe we'll, that's we'll discuss friend, that friends we'll discuss and family. Dis- okay. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that offline. We don't necessarily want offline, anybody to hear yeah, this. Offline, offline. That out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, super cool, man. I mean, you know, it's like Dolby has such a reputation, such such a legendary organization. That's just some of the new tech that you guys have been getting into over the last, I guess, 10, 15 years or so. And, you know, obviously your roots are in audio and, and all the amazing stuff that Dolby has been doing to make my entertainment experience better and everybody's entertainment experience better. Kind of, you know, forgive the analogy, but it's kind of like, you know, and I don't know this phrase ingredient branding, right? It's like, it's like, if I see that Dolby brand 
on that TV, I know it's better. If I see that door, you know, it's like, oh, this was made with Hershey's chocolate chips. Okay, this cookie's way better. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got to stop you for a second because so we're trying to get away from the ingredient part, right? Because it's about the okay. experience. Yeah. Yes. So it's not Dolby's an ingredient an ingredient brand. But I mean, my job now is really to have it and get creatives to think about an experience, right? I mean, because you don't fall in love with the ingredients in your TV. You fall in love with the content on your TV, right? You fall in love with that experience, right? So if it's sports, you fall in, you follow the team and you want that, you know, the team, when you're watching it, you want to see as good as possible. That's what you care about. And so we care about the experience. And some of the really fun stuff has been like we did uh, an experience center in Soho in New York and people would walk in and they would see in front of them, right? They'd see it and hear it. You know, there'd just be vivid colors and, and videos and sounds flying around them. And they were like, oh, wow, this is a great experience. And that's really what we're trying to get across is we want people to ask for that experience. Right. So, you know, we want people to want the idea of, you know, when you're going to watch a movie that you want the experience of it being really well to pull you in because the colors and everything are natural and you, you know, help suspend that disbelief and really get that artist intent across. And that's what we want is you to think of us as an experience. Right. Well, so that's the, the emotion part, isn't it? I mean, that that's the emotion part, right? Like, like that's when I, that's the memory part. It's like, oh yeah, man, I remember that movie. That, that experience was incredible. You know, I was there, I, you know, it, it moved me, right? Yeah, no, and, and that's what it is. And that's why, you know, if you take Dolby Vision, right, which is these brighter, brighter brights and, and, and really more contrast. So it's not just about making things brighter, but it's actually allowing that post producer and the creative to take advantage of this full volume of color, right? And I won't get into the pictures about, you know, what color volume is, but as things get brighter, colors are more intense, right? And that's what you've been losing, right? You've been losing these vivid, intense colors on, on the top end, right? Uh, I remember one of the first, uh, you know, views I saw it was like one of the Mad Max movies. I forget which one. And, you know, in there, there's this, you know, the cars running, there's flames are shooting and it, you could finally get the flames the right color, right? You could see the oranges and that's, that's it. But then you throw the audio side, right? And Dolby Atmos allows, really, it's a 3D audio, and it's really immersive, and it's it's about being able to place sounds around you, and in, place in like a three D space. space kind of a thing. Yeah, like, yeah, totally wow, three D space, so cool. above you, behind yeah, yeah. you, around you, and then doing that. And like, so I've got a setup. I've got a soundbar setup here with it's a we call it. So it's a my soundbar is a five one two, right? So it's you know front, you know, right, left, center, you know, rear surround, left surround. And then there's actually upward firing speakers that bring the sound from above. And Dolby Atmos allows you to place those sounds. Well, not you, but allows the creative to place the sounds where they want them. And in movies, that means like if there's a, a rocket shooting overhead, you can bring that rocket over. You can pan the sound over and place it in space. So you're not just like aiming for the speaker setup, you're placing it in space. And so you let on the playback side, it determines what has to happen. So people get that realistic experience. And so if you imagine you got these brighter brights, you know, more contrast, and then you got the sounds that are kind of moving around you. That's a theater experience, right? That's what you really want to have in your home. And so the things, so we've been doing it with, you know, obviously movies, right? So in cinemas, Dolby cinemas are great, but in the homes, right? So I guess, like I mentioned, so I've got a Dolby Vision TV and when did I ever drink the Kool-Aid? And, you know, Dolby <laughs> Atmos set up, you know, soundbar and it just, you know, and frankly, when we started, we were all on the high end and now the setups are 
becoming much way more accessible. I think my soundbar, my Dolby Vision soundbar, I got it, you know, Black Friday for like 300 bucks. You right, know, right. TV was like 500. Very um, affordable. Yeah. yeah, super affordable. And and so now we get this experience. And so like, I'll look for these experiences, right? So Netflix, Amazon, Apple, Disney Plus, you know, all have places where you can get a Vision and Atmos experience. So that's what I look for, right? So I can actually play, get that take full advantage of, of, of my TV to get that and, and, and sound. But you know, what's, what's also cool on the Atmos side and I'm glad, you know, we're, we're chatting. I'm going to stop me if I start to run too much. Oh but, no, man, yeah. this is great stuff. I've my, I know my audience is eating it up. So uh, well, let, let's hear all about it. I mean, cause what's actually been really cool. So we started in cinema and you know, there were Dolby cinemas and you can catch one. Well, when they open back up, you will be able to catch one. Then we went into the home. And that was for film and TV. So we were doing that. And that kind of makes sense, right? You can kind of picture sounds because you got you got an eye visual, right? So you see the sounds, right? You got the, the eyes are, are coming around, you know, knows where sound is and your ears place it there. But musicians, we've actually had musicians saying, well, could we do anything with music that way? And this would probably be something really useful in music. So yeah, no. So we started to uh, work with musicians and other creatives in that space mixers, sound designers, and created Dolby Atmos Music. And that's, you know, super exciting as well, because that's not quite as much about where you place the sounds, but it it's the same concept, but by spreading the sounds out, right? So all of a sudden you start to hear things that you would never have heard before, because instead of pressing everything down into stereo, Right now you have the ability to pull this out into all these different speakers. And yeah, you can bring things above you and around, you know, behind you. But by pulling it out further from each other, the sounds don't have to have as much EQ. Right. So it comes, you get more fidelity. You, get, you start to hear stuff you didn't hear before. And that's been so exciting. Right. So, so would it be would it be accurate to say that that Atmos music you know, if I'm, if I'm the listener, like, I guess the effect or the, the sensation is that maybe I'm in the room with the band. Yeah. I'm in the room. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you know, it, it's up to the creative, how they deal and everybody does it differently. You know, I, I just, I was really excited. Black history month. We worked with some guys who had a grand Grammy nominated song, lift every voice and sing. And it was a great acapella version. And when, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, Oh my goodness, this would be amazing. <laughs> you know, cause you know, it's got, it's just basically two guys. And then, so we heard it, worked with them. And once you were able to spread it out, in fact, talking to the mixer, right? He even talked about that. He says, you know, I was able to pull this out and to really bring you into the song, right? And really put you in the middle of it. And it gets that much more emotional heft when when delivered that way. Marvin Gaye, you know, one of the first songs I heard was What's Going On in that. If you remember that song, right? You know, they got the guys, you know, talking smack in the beginning. That actually turns out to be guys from the Detroit Lions at the time. But you know, you can pull them up and around you. So you really feel like, yeah, yeah, here I am in the, the studio with a bunch of guys just talking and then the music comes in and by spreading it out, you feel like you're there. Everything's clearer, you know, in the mastering process, you don't have to put as much EQ in to like dampen stuff down. So you really get what's everything that's there. So that's going really well. Then the number of people that have come, you know, day and date for the release in stereo and in Dolby Atmos Music has really started to grow. So, you know, Amazon Music does it. Their only playback is on their Echo Studio, 
but that's, you know, fantastic. And I got to be careful because I got one right here next to me. That's why my bedroom sound TV is hooked up to that. And it, you know, it, it sounds, you know, great when I'm doing that. So, well, it sounds like there's a hell of a lot of remastering work to be done, huh? Well, you know, and that's the thing. It's, it's really remixing, right? Cause yeah, because you're, you're going to take it and now you got these tools to work with and, and where we can, we work with the artists you know, to do it. But obviously, you know, working on Marvin Gaye uh, song, you, you know, or, you know, Miles Davis, that kind of blew these, but these are, you know, greats that weren't here, but you're still remixing it. So you're taking the stems and then, you know, you're finding a way to take advantage of the space and, and really putting stuff out in, in the space. So. Yeah, man. So Atmos Music, now, where can people hear this now? Is it on Spotify? Is it on Tidal? Is it on no, like where? where, so, where? So, so, so the two services that that support it in the U.S. right now, um, U.S. and around the world are so it's Amazon Music, right? And so and then on uh, Tidal, right? So the Tidal Music Service, the two services supporting it now. Obviously, we're talking to other services, but those are the two today that support it. And then in terms of you know devices, well, God, there's hundreds of millions of devices that support that so i've got you know a samsung and there's dolby atmos because playback is on here on iphones ipads macs so the number of places that where you can actually if you can get it you can actually experience it are really just it's it's amazing it's uh like i said it's hundreds of millions at this point of devices and i think that's why it's going to be, be here to stay because you and I've been along around a, a few around the block a couple times. I mean, over the years, there's been things like quadraphonic sound and you know, and all sorts of stuff that just never really took off. But that was only because only a few audio files could actually do anything with it. Now everyone can can play with these can play with these tools. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so for people out there like scratching their heads because you know this is obviously super sophisticated stuff, and it's just now I say just now. I guess you guys have been in the market with Atmos Music for a couple of years anyway. Couple but, of years, yeah. It's easy, yeah, yeah. So, so, but I mean, I gotta imagine that this tech is what 10 15 years in the making i mean like like when did the you oh, know yeah. when, when who was the guy in the shower that came up with the idea 15 years ago you know what i mean <laughs> uh, you know i was actually funny i saw my guys the other day and, and uh, the idea is probably you know eight years old right and in fact the guys who were talking to they started on the the dolby atmos side they started playing with that so eight ten years ago same thing with dolby vision you know it's been in the making for that long but you know a lot of it is just really how do you figuring out how to do it. And like with Dolby Atmos, it started off as, right, so, right, there was stereo, right? And, you know, um, and then we moved into surround sound. And then the question was, well, where do you go and surround sound? First, it was 5.1, right? So a subwoofer and surrounds. And then it's like, well, let's go to 7.1. And, you know, so we just added a few more speakers around you. Back then in Japan, they had a thing that was like 22.2, right? Where they were lining up. So, yeah, I'm not making this up, right? Just 22.2. 22.2. Yeah, you know, It's like, okay, do you just keep adding on? Like you go 914, <laughs> you know, do you just keep do. adding on? And that's actually not going to work, right? Very few of us can put come into their house and the concept of putting 22 speakers in the house that's like a <laughs> no-brainer right yeah you know yeah. that's just so not going to happen but with dolby atmos they, they started to go well what if we divorce right how the music is played back from how it's created and then we'll let the technology place it 
right? We'll let the technology place place the sounds. And they started working on that and then wanting to be able to place the sounds all around you. And they started to building up from 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 that. And so it, it took a while as they got to that point because you, you do have to send uh, information, right? Metadata is created with it and that gets sent along with the, vo- you know, the signals for playback, right? So a Dolby Atmos signal has this metadata in it and the playback device reads it and says, okay, here's where it needs to put it. And, and what's actually cool with that metadata is it can be, it can actually even be stereo. It can even play back in a stereo world. So I'm wearing headphones and I, you know, I pointed to like this, the Samsung phone. It has the ability to read the metadata and then actually create a binaural sound. So it's just two speakers, right? But it actually can actually spread the sound out and give you that same feeling of being in a, a 3D space on the headphones. Man, I'll tell you what, I mean, that that's epic. I mean, the fact that, you know, my, I can enjoy, I can enjoy this in so many different formats. Maybe that's not the right word, but yeah, you know, no, I can, you, can, you know, I can enjoy it on my head and my earbuds as well as my home speakers, as well as my Amazon, uh, you know, smart speaker, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. So headphones are were huge, right? Being able to support headphones is really important. And in fact, in our tools, we get it so the designers can actually design with headphones. Right. So you actually don't need to have the setup in your in your home. You could really actually do that work on headphones. Yeah, I think if before you release it, you're going to certainly want to go into a professional room and hear it on the others. But you can do your work on headphones. And that's that itself is a game changer. Right. Well, yeah, man. I mean, wow. I mean, like so many of the hottest albums today are being made in people's bedrooms. Right. And the idea that 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 those same producers can design their sound using Atmos uh, and their headphones or their earbuds. I mean, that's that sounds like a game changer to me. Yeah, no, I think that's that's super huge. And and actually, when you think about how most of us listen to music nowadays, yeah, I mean, I do have, I've got like four different sound systems running around here, maybe five, I forget, but most people don't. And it'll, most of the people are also in the situation where they're they're listening on their phone, they're listening on some other, and they've got earbuds in. So being able to support playback on, on that way is, is, is huge, right? So as you start to look at all the places where people are, and so I said, I, th- I do believe this is going to be is going to happen because you can listen on headphones. And actually, we just announced it South by Southwest. God, was that just a week ago? Yeah, just a week ago that the first car with Dolby Atmos sound built into it was uh, is going to roll off. So Lucid Motors, they're all electric cars. The first one where they've designed in a Dolby Atmos system in in their car. So that's hot. Yeah, no, I think it'll be really cool because now you're in the car and you have this, I mean, and the car is one of these environments where I really think it'll be a a great experience because, you know, people are in their car, they're going to listen to music, they're going to listen to Your your car becomes a theater then. I mean, it's a theater, right? And then you're designing the sounds in that space. It's like incredible. Yeah. So using the tools we have to bring it into the car. And, you know, for me, I'm excited about sports because sports. So, you know, Notre Dame had been doing their home games in in Dolby Atmos. We've had, you know, some of the Olympics have been broadcast that way. And so some people who had the right setup, you know, could actually experience it that way. And we've been doing sports uh, in the UK with BT Sport uh, and Sky Sport for, God, four four years now. So all English championships. Uh, leagues and English Premier League games broadcast by them, you know, are in Dolby Atmos. And actually, in the pandemic, one thing that was really cool, and this was an interesting collaboration. So they took the fans out of the stadium, and anyone who's seen an English 
you know, football match know that the fans and the noise are a big chunk of the experience, right? People, you know, they have cheers that every team knows and, you know, heck, they've had to separate, you know, home and away for that. But, you know, everyone's really into it. And so when they came back and there was no fans, it really took a lot of way so we talked to them, you know, though, I don't know if I think they approached us and like, how do we fix this and how do we do it? And they actually put crowd sounds in so that, you know, they actually, for the broadcast, they put, it was, a, it was a, a huge hole, right? It was yeah, a huge the hole. hole. Yeah. yeah they yeah. plugged the hole. And, and, and what, what I get so excited, it makes me laugh is right. So EA sports, right. Who, you know, um, who's been doing right. The, the soccer games for, you know, football games forever, right. Mm-hmm. Has been collecting sounds from football games. For, right. On. You know, and so EA sports is like, well, we've got this, we've got the sounds. Right. Ah, and yeah. you know, so this guy worked at Dolby and they put the sounds back in and um, by and large, the fans were, you'd almost even expect them to be a somewhat dismissive of it, but they were excited. Right. That they're like most of the comments were, were positive going, this really helped the experience. It felt right. So, or writer. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like, yeah, more legit. That's very cool of them. Yeah, no, that's that's been we've seen it in different sports, American football. Actually, even even in golf, surprisingly enough, it was a uh, some of the tests we've done in golf have been. You'd be surprised that you don't think golf is the sort of thing that would. I'm would scratching my it. head right now, going, <laughs> "What the fuck?" Like I don't, For, you know. But <laughs> the ability to bring it in and where you can start to hear the sounds of on the course, and maybe there's a bird in the background, and you can hear the the crowd, and it kind of places everything. It really actually upped the experience. It was surprising to me that it was a it was a really uh, a, a good experience. Uh, well, I mean, you know, excuse, excuse the you know over simplistic and you know metaphor or whatever, but I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like, like anything's going to be better. Like, like if you're an artist and you've got more colors to work with, you know, it's just going to be a better in product, whatever medium, whatever thing you're talking about. And like what, what Atmos has done or is doing is, is adding so much more, more colorway to the palette, you know, of, of sound design or whatever. Right. I mean, the, 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 for, and for the end user like me, the, the, the experience is going to be richer and more fulfilling and more and, and more fulfilling. Yeah. And I just say, I'm going to go back to, it's the experience. Yeah. And I tell you this, I mean, for my job, what I'm looking at is how do I get creators to come on board, right? I want, you want creators because in the end of the day, Dolby is unique in that we work with the creatives. We work with the service providers that deliver stuff across the networks. And then we work with the playback devices and it doesn't work if you don't have all three pieces in that, right, in that chain. So right now we're looking at bringing the creatives on board, showing them the tools, and because, I mean, people like that, then these creatives start to come up with new ways of using things that we hadn't thought of and nor should we, right? Because that's, we're just giving them a way to express their creative. Yeah, intent. you're a tool maker. You, you, you let them figure out how to use the tools. Yeah. And, you know, and obviously we give some examples and we bring people to the fore. And so, yeah, we do lots of talks with people that have done really great stuff using our technology but in the end, it comes down to the, the creative. And like, I've got a project that I'm working on right now that I'm, I'm pretty excited, you know, coming to four, right? So the Oakland Museum, California is going to do a, an exhibition on Afrofuturism. And in that exhibition, there was an artist, uh, right? Nicole Mitchell, who's, who's uh, do, wanted to do this immersive 3D soundscape. Right. It's uh, all about peace. It's going to work with a, an art piece around the uh, black science fiction writer Octavia Butler, very famous, meaning very important figure. 
but she wanted this to be, she didn't just want to create a piece and you just play it over and over again. So she worked with our guys to create this thing that's actually regenerative, right? So it actually recreates itself and goes in and moves stuff around all through there. And so it, you can come back in again and again. You're going to hear something different. And I'm, this is and so I, cool, man. When does this exhibit <laughs> open? Like what? what well, like, unfortunately, it won't, it won't open until I think probably June. You know, and you'll have to check it out. But I mean, I, you know, for me, that was just literally just on the phone with them last week, and I was explaining about how this is. I mean, it's really going to be recreating itself on the fly, and that's something we would never have thought about. I mean, is that going to sell you know millions of, of albums? No, but it's the type of thing that you're going to see. People are going to come up with more and more uses for this. And, you know, as I said, I'm you know really excited uh, to, to see that and doing everything we can to bring creatives on board, right? So Dolby, you know, we've certainly also worked with youth trying to make sure that we're excited about that, trying to put some of the tools in people's hands. So, you know, so they start out early greeting with yeah. this well, speaking of youth, uh, gaming, I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a gamer at all. I'm old enough to to admit that, you know, I had the original Atari. I had the original Intellivision. I was I was a mad Pong player. OK, I might have killed uh, on Space Invaders, but a modern day gamer. I mean, what, what these kids are playing with now, man, is just like now it's a professional sports leagues or <laughs> they're making millions of dollars playing these incredible video games. God I bless know, you. I, know. I just God I literally just EA, watched you know? an example of one with Blizzard did an example of one not too long ago of, you know, showing bringing Dolby technology to one of these uh, competitions. And so that was exciting. And, you know, there's a long way to go to get that through. But yes, Dolby, Dolby Atmos is in games and that's been for the games that are there that are coming on board and they're getting more for the first person shooter which i've never been first person shooter person but because now imagine right you're in a first person shooter game and you can actually tell if the sounds from behind you or in front of you or to the side of you it helps reaction times right so it gives an advantage so i think you know so we know the game companies want to do things so we're you know there's xbox you know supports dolby atmos we're starting to see it in more and more places so i think gaming's going to open up dolby vision makes colors brighter and so you're starting to see that play as well so yeah gaming's the next big item so and we're you know we're seeing a lot more coming in in gaming never you know i mean it's funny you kind of mentioned that yeah my first game uh, video game was pong i don't really think dolby atmos vision and dolby atmos are going to really improve that old classic game of pong which which but, is amazing <laughs> to hear to me because i mean having been a boy genius graduating mit at 12 <laughs> i know you're far younger than me so like that's kind of incredible clearly yeah, you were yeah, exactly well, that's killer. So let's so, okay. So the so okay. So let's check off the boxes here. We've got Atmos in movies, been there for a minute. Atmos in music, been there. You know, going on a minute. You know, getting into gaming, fairly gaming, new. Yep, gaming. Yep, right. Okay, gaming. but it's exciting. Yep. The, the it's green pastures, strawberry fields forever, and whatnot. And that's good. But you know, Ellis, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound rude here, but I only care about one thing, my friend. I only care about me. And I'm a podcaster, okay? I'm a podcaster, so I care about podcasting. When is Dolby going to help me make my podcast better? Now, listen, I know it's hard to believe that this podcast could get any better than it already is. I know people are out there scratching their heads going like, Scott, what are you talking about, man? Like, like The show's super dope. Yes, it is, people. Yes, it is. But we can always always up our game and and in the podcasting game there's so many opportunities for new tech and new platforms and and just new creative so it's dolby's position now ellis about podcasting do you guys have plans to get into podcasting 
Well, I'll say this. There's already podcasts today being done in Dolby Atmos, right? So Qcode has invested in, you know, a Dolby Atmos studio, right? So they've got one left-right game, right, which is already in, in Dolby Atmos. There's another, MyQt's one, I think out of Korea that, that does it. Uh, there's a company in, in India, you know. So there are already people doing podcasts in Dolby Atmos. And as we look at the market, and, you know, because everything, you know, just like music took a while to come, right? Podcasts will come. We know that there's, particularly when you get into the scripted fiction, you know, the audio fiction, there's clearly a, a place where that can fit. You know, I mean, I had a great talk the other day with uh, one of the guys who'd been doing, um, you know, some sound design for Q Code, and he kind of walked through how he did it. Uh, it was interesting. He said the headphones actually made a big difference for him being able to do the work in headphones because a lot of people consume his podcast in headphones. He, and so I think I think it's coming. I think as you start to look, and you know, mind you, just starting to look at this. So I mean, in fact, it was you know, it was great for you and I to talk because you can tell help me learn about podcasts. I mean, because as you start to look at it, getting people to understand that it's just another way of telling a story. It's another tool. And there is, particularly in, in audio fiction, a real way of a real advantage of being able to place sounds where, you know, where you want them. And, and you can tell a story that way. Well, I, so I'll come back and I'm going to bring it a little bit away from podcasts and kind of go back in. Like, so Alfonso Cuaron did this movie Roma and Roma was just an amazing use of Dolby Atmos because there was no real soundtrack, right? So it wasn't like there was a soundtrack there, but there was a soundtrack and it was, he placed sounds around you in the room. So, and he used like real sounds to create that. So there might be like, you could see like a radio that would be like behind the character. And so they would place the sound. So if you had, were able to hear it, it was kind of coming behind you. So it kind of naturally just played in. So into there and he, you know, he was really meticulous in how he placed sounds and did that to help tell the story, right? Because they, you could place people and you could do things. And so that's to me, we're going to see some of the people coming out of those worlds are going to come and look at podcasts as it, it's just coming, right? So there's, you know, let's face it, Scott, this world is, is podcasting is blowing up, right? And, and you know, there's going to be a lot of people coming in board, you know, who have this experience in doing, you know, immersive mixes and, and doing immersive storytelling from the big screen that are going to start to come this way. And I think there's going to be a lot of people, I hope including you, that are going to see it as an advantage and start to go, all right, how do I do this? And what are the tools that I need to have? So we're working on making sure, like I said, we work end to end that, you know, the, the right tools are there and people get the right education so that the creatives are going to start going, all right, well, if I could tell my story a little bit differently, because you really do have to tell your story differently, right? You can't have to find new art, you know, ways of making a story move. And, and like, um, if you're watching a show, like Transformers was one that, you know, had was a Dolby Atmos one. And there's explosions and everything's going on. Well, your eyes have ability to separate stuff out. You can't do that on a podcast, you know, an audio audio fiction because it's just a bunch of noise, right? You have no way of separating it out. So finding tools and ways to convey that emotion, but not just making it a big bunch of sounds is going to be what people are going to learn as they, as they go through and, and, and get that. So what about AR and VR? 
I mean, there's so many, so many cool, you know, artists are starting to embrace AR and VR for that immersive visual art experience, maybe even, you know, bordering on performance art or whatever, you know, it, it, this, this area of the arts, uh, visual arts is kind of exploding in, in many exciting ways. Feels like uh, Atmos could really add a, a, a level of, of depth and texture uh, to that experience as well. And I, and I think it, it will. We haven't been as pressed into bringing to market anything in that area. I mean, because um, to be quite honest, AR and VR are still kind of in early days. Sure. Niche. Right? Yeah, very niche. Yeah. They're still really in early days. And to be quite honest, they're still, you know, ARs. Are we doing storytelling with AR or, or is it really, really good for industrial application where you're helping somebody train. So those are the sorts of things that have to get sorted out. And so to really start to figure out how's this going to come to market, I have, you know, I have absolutely no doubt that it will. I mean, I'm, I'm scared that one day that my live concerts, which I'm dying to have come back, will have that. And, you know, I will, you know, I don't know if you ever watch Portlandia, they have an episode of two people who, you know, they weren't going to go, right? You get the sounds and you had an AR VR experience sitting there. You know, I hope we don't get to that point because I still am going to want to be able to go. I'm still going to want to be able to show up at some maybe major festival in the desert and see my buddies and get that actual real experience. (laughs) Festival, let's see, a a festival in the desert. Huh. I I don't think I've ever, yeah, yeah, no, I've I've heard of those. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have them. They have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple out there. Yeah, I forget what they're called, though. But um, but, yeah, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to you know seeing those <laughs> those experiences to come back and uh, hopefully I'll be there with you again and we'll we'll see. By the way, I ran across a picture of uh, the two of us uh, <laughs> from the <laughs> last time, but that's another uh, story altogether. From the edges of the uh, of the of reality, yes, of reality, uh, yeah. yeah. But, no, so that's <laughs> but the, that that's that's for the uh, adults only show. Act a bonus content, you know, editors cut here uh, that we'll do later anyway well that no 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 man that and i hear you i mean you know like the ar vr stuff is 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 very sort of new and exciting and that'll be interesting to see where that all goes yeah and the technology's there right so you know so we're, we're doing i mean so some of the stuff we're doing now is improving the headphone experience will matter and then you you come you combine that with head tracking and then you put the other stuff it, it is going to come through i mean now we've been focused pretty heavily on you know how do you improve the headphone experience and i think that's going to be a big part of it Improving that headphone experience really goes across everything, right? So including podcasts, right? So if you can actually get that three-dimensional thing. And I mean, can you imagine, right, you're, you're, you're doing even like a new show, right? So, you know, it's like on site, you know, you're coming back and you can actually start to bring people into, you know, the on the street parts and the sounds are really kind of bringing people there. So not even just scripted uh, fiction, but... I think you know some live stuff will, will will start will benefit from that, and frankly, I think you can benefit from it all in just in general. Um, even as something like you know our discussion here, you know you can bring in other sounds, right? You can you know separate us out so that you know as your eyes are coming back and forth, and so because a lot of this is happening in the post production side, it gives you some real abilities to start to to play with some things. So one of the cool things that I like to do with this podcast is to humanize the arts, right? I mean, you know, artists and and the people that work in the arts, I mean, a lot of times they're these, you know, mysterious creatures. It's hard to, a lot of people out there may never have met an artist, or maybe there's some young kid out there who's, you know, wanting to, you know, think about getting into, into sound design or, or music, the music business or gaming or whatever. And so the opportunity to hear from 
Ellis Reed from Dolby Laboratories is a is an exciting one, right? Because how how else would they meet you otherwise, right? I mean, and so here they are, they're listening in, and so I want to take this opportunity because I'm sure that there are people out there going like, "Wow, man, Ellis has got a f- killer job at a killer company. How the hell it did he win yeah, that gig? It's fun, I tell you, that. Yeah, right? right? How did how did yeah. he how did how do I get that job, right? So so anyway, so the, you know, I want to go back. I want to go way back because well, can't go that far back because you're not that old. But like, I'm not that old, they, man. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. So, so we'll just go back a little bit, childhood genius and whatnot. But I mean, like unpack your journey a little bit here, because like, how does one end up, you know, at Dolby Labs? And, and let's be clear. Let's start with clarifying your role, because I know, you know, from our past conversations, right, you're responsible for building sort of creator communities or, or communities of creators around your tech. So you're, you're, you're in the evangelizing business, uh, simply put. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. I'm, right, I'm in right, brand and, marketing, right? So I do brand marketing, which is really about reaching out, taking, you know, what we do and bringing it out and taking that to people so they understand what our brand means. And, and, and you know, really, as I said, a lot of people don't know what Dolby, you know, is and, and what Dolby does, right? They, they remember, I mean, folks that are, you know, slightly older remember, you know, the little button on their cassette tape, you know, you little switch. And it's like, oh, you, you flip it one way, it's got a little bit quieter the other way. But Dolby is doing so much more and there's so many experiences we enable. So how do I get to here? It's funny because, you know, like I said, I went through MIT, but then I was like, you know, there's people that are going to be better engineers than I am. So I'm going to find something. And then I shifted over into marketing, you know, went back to school, did a few things and slowly kind of worked my way across creating new and new platforms. And particularly you know, I was working in you know, in the broadband world, right? So, I mean, what we take for granted, right? You know, gig speeds and things were, has been, you know, I've worked with a lot of that to bring that to market. And then we started to look at how do you use it? And when I had a chance to come to Dolby, I'll be, you know, honest, nine years ago, I'm like, I don't want to go to Dolby. That's like such a stodgy company, you know, it's like they've got nothing. And I'm glad I did because it's a place full of creatives, right? So, you know, people, we look for people like, you know, for me, I'm not a musician, but I love music, right? I'm, I'm forever in hearing live music and forever checking out what other artists are doing. So, you know, so ideally, how did I get here? You know, I'm technical. And so I tend to work on a lot of the technical stuff, but there's folks that are, you know, English majors or and things like that, that have come to it because we all want to tell that story, right? So getting to Dolby now, yeah, you know, as we, we go out, we, we still hire lots of engineers. I mean, our headquarters, when we finally get to go back in it, I mean, it has over a hundred labs in the building, right? So, I mean, the, the lab part of Dolby Lab is real. Wow. Right? That's so real. That's it's, a, yeah. It's seriously by, by, real. By the way, right? I want to, based on that, I, I'm going to suggest something that will never happen, which is a name change. I think, you know, from Dolby Labs to Lab Dolby. Like, I mean, you're, you guys are a hundred labs. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, it's more than that. And, and you get in the building and it's, and there are all these different things, right? So even like to neuroscience, right? So you'll see where, like when they were testing Dolby Vision, actually they were, you know, hooking up to people's brains to figure out how they reacted. And, and actually, the interesting thing about it was, you know, when people would actually see fire on a TV screen delivered this way, their reaction on their skin, like hairs would raise, like, you know, like they were actually, you know, being a, a, addressing a, a real fire. So, that's they, the they, they started they started uh, dropping and rolling is that what it yeah, was? not quite that <laughs> they bad, stopped but, yeah, dropped and rolled they, they were having yeah. that reaction so <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's and that's kind of the coolest part so um you know when i look at where dolby's going to go i mean we are unique in that we've always worked with the artists and you know the people delivering it and you know the people playing it back and and quite frankly the, the market's been interesting 
because you got people like Netflix who typically in the delivery portion, and now they're one of the biggest content creators in the world, right? You work with companies like that and you work with the creatives that they work with. Um, and that's what, what gets exciting. So in fact, I've just been interviewing interns and things and, you know, telling them, I mean, we want people that are curious, right? We want people that are, you know, thinking about, you know, what that next generation ex of experience is going to be and who can understand for movies and TV and podcasts and everything, how we create that and how you get that message across. I mean, because you really do want to build this community because ultimately, I mean, right now we definitely do really well in the professional side, but everybody's a creator, right? So everyone wants to create, they do their own things. And so I'm, as we start to, to, to look at the ability to capture Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision, moves into the hands of the average person, that's going to blow up even more, right? So everyone gets to do that work. But right now we want to just make sure that it, use the word democratize this. How do you get into more and more people's hands? I mean, because when you first started, I mean, I've got a Dolby Atmos system that I would travel around with and like the speakers were $2,000. All total, it was probably three, $4,000 worth of gear. And I'd set it up and it was not amazing. And, but not everybody's going to buy that. But a three hundred dollar soundbar, you know, or the Echo Studio, which you can play Dolby Atmos music on, that was one ninety nine. So it's really started to come down to that point where the average person can get it in their home, and you don't need to be a rich LA guy like you. You can be, you know, a, a poor engineer, ex engineer like me, you know, struggling, you know, in the Bay Area and have this. In I may, by the way, for the record, I make all my money selling drugs to the celebrities. Okay. So I'm just oh, going to oh, confess right now. <laughs> I'm just going to confess it right now. So uh, everyone knows people wonder where he gets his money. Where he gets his oh, money, man. well, man, uh, I, know. I, I, I won't, know. I'm I not going to name. I'm up. not going to name. I'm not going to name my clients. All right, well, good. But, but pretty that. much, you know, if you've ever seen the cover of of Us magazine, well, <laughs> but you know, we we well, well in that we, case, we you digress. can definitely afford a really good system, you know, but you don't <laughs> have right. to that's, be that, right? My, you don't have to be a like client stars, so. yes, to get that, and and that's, and, but also even getting for the creators, bringing it down the other side, right? So I've been working with. You know, and you and I have talked about this, right? So, you know, Pro Tools has been, Avid's been one of my, you know, best partners. I love working with Avid. But even working with Avid has been cool. Like Avid brought out Avid Play. And so Avid Play, a independent artist, independent musician can actually release their Dolby Atmos music. And I think it's like $49 a year for, you know, for them to be able to do that. And they, they keep all their royalties. So, I mean, you know, so we're doing that. But, you know, we've got other companies, you know, Black Magic. we've been working with them, right? So their low end system is like 300 bucks to get started. So as we start to work with uh, the companies that are out there and all the different audio systems that people are doing and even bringing the visual systems down, that's kind of the next challenge I'm, I'm seeing is how do we bring that down and, and getting creators there, you know, love the fact that, you know, we're really going to start to work and try to bring some students on board and doing a lot of training there. That's where it's going to come from, right? I mean, frankly, I think you said it earlier, right? The next big star could be sitting in their bedroom right now, mixing on some headphones. Want to get that. Yeah, man. Did you guys, did, did you know if, uh, speaking of the next big star making music in their bedroom, I, I caught the Apple doc the other day about Billie Eilish, right? And great doc, by the way, if you check it out. But but the sound in, in that was fantastic as well. I wonder if they used Atmos uh, for that. I'll have to uh, look at that. Yeah, I got I to gotta check that, that part out because I think that the 
the documentary was actually available in Envision and Atmos, but I, I and that's what I don't know for sure. I should have probably checked beforehand to see if her last release came out that way. But a lot of these, like I said, day and date releases are coming out in stereo and in Atmos. Adobe Atmos, and one of the things that's actually kind of cool, especially in music, is I mean, I music publishing is is been around for a long time and stereo kicked in right so if you listen to a lot of the Beatles stuff they actually did that in mono right a lot of their original stuff was mono it wasn't even stereo and it was kind of late 60s you started doing stereo started to kick in and then there's really not been a lot of significant changes in music since stereo kicked in in the late 60s so this is you know this is a real game changer and people like Warner Music Group, Universal Music Group, looking at their catalogs, looking at their artists, and bringing them to four. So that's why it's been a busy, <laughs> it's been a busy year. You know, well, good for know, you, I, man, and good yeah. for Dolby. I mean, t- you know, so many companies struggled. In, in, you know, in twenty twenty, some co- companies thrived. Clearly, Dolby is thriving. It's been a good year. I mean, everyone had the challenges, right? So, man, let's face it, you know, staying in touch with people and being closer to people is something that has been a challenge and a lot of people have gone to. And so knowing that entertainment is a big part of it and people do have an emotional connection to their entertainment, you know, so that does feel good because as you start to bring that across, it does give people a way of kind of sitting in and checking out things and really starting to feel that and they can share it, those experiences with their friends, even though they might not be together. Yeah. And we're hoping even once things change up and we all get shots in the arms that people will still be watching content. Indeed they will. And, and, but they are caged animals. They're there. I mean, the parties are going to be off the charts. Uh, <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm, I'm, I'm working out daily now. I'm getting ready. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I got my whole exercise and, and diet program so that when, when that happens, I'm going to be right there. Yeah, you, exactly. It's important. It's important to, to put in the training so that you can finish the race and, and, and have fun in the process. Well, man, that's exciting. Ellis. I'm so generous for your time. I mean, I'm so grateful for you, for your time. You've been so generous with it. And Dolby is one of those brands, one of those companies that we all just love. I mean, for people who may not have been paying attention, where should people go to discover Dolby, discover Atmos? Explain where we should be looking. Our website is a good spot to start. So just Dolby.com. Just put in Dolby.com. And, you know, when you when you get there, there's some ways that you can actually see Vision and Atmos. You can you can experience them. So there's some and there's also Experience Finder, which will tell you where individual types of experiences can be had. So that would be that's where I would direct people, you know, up front. Well, you know, I, I will tell you, I, I let me help you out here for a minute because, you know, in preparation for our conversations, uh, you know, I was on the Dolby site myself. And, you know, listen, man, I mean, you can tell the difference with Atmos just on the website, you know, because, I mean, you have some of those examples of like, you know, turn it on, turn it off, whatever. And I, I, mean, I was blown away. I was like, wow, it's so good that I can literally tell a difference on a damn website. You know, it's 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 fantastic. Yeah. And, and that's been the challenge. Right. So, I mean, I got one thing that was super exciting in the beginning in September. We were all the in-person stuff. Right. Normally, I would have been in Amsterdam for a show called the IBC. Couldn't go, right? I would have been, had gone to Vegas for a show called NAB, which is where all of this was. And instead, we did our own event and we, you know, and opened it up to the industry. And we did the whole thing. You could experience it in Vision and Atmos. And the people who did 
like they could bring it in, they could run it through their Apple TV and actually play it on their, you know, their Dolby Vision TV and listen to it on their Dolby Vision sound system. So it's coming, right? It's coming where people are going to be able to get that at home. And in my own personal remit is to, you know, get more people to create in it. Uh, and that includes you. And so we will have another com- we will have another conversation. More to come. More to come. All right. How to get that to happen, man. Okay. So, yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and then we'll talk the employee discount, but but we're yeah. gonna start with getting you up to speed first, and then we'll, okay. we'll have other questions. And, and 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 we will hold you accountable because, of course, you know this is on tape. Uh, this is public record now, uh, and soon will be. So all the listeners out there, you know, you heard it here first. Alice Reed, I'm so grateful for your time, my friend. Thank you for coming to represent Dolby and all the great stuff you guys are doing. Yeah, no, Scott, man, it's great. And, you know, just for your, your listeners' hands, I knew Scott when he was an impressionable. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm not going to say another word. <laughs> no, no, no. That's for the after hours adult only. Uh, All right, uh, sorry. Extra sorry, bonus content. I didn't mean to do that. So. <laughs> Yeah, message sometimes me, you just have to. Truth, right? Sometimes I have to play censor. You know, it's a lot. It's a stressful <laughs> gig over here. Sometimes. Well, Ellis Reed, my friend, again, you are a gentleman and literally a scholar. You MIT smarty pants alum, and we're we're better off for having you here, my friend. Thanks so much for taking the time. No, no, man, Scott, it's a pleasure. Pleasure. We'll talk soon. All right. All Cheers. Right. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to like this episode, write a review, and share with your friends on social. And if you haven't already done so, please press the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at NotRealArtWorld.